There's something special when we go through some songs and oftentimes they will strike a chord on possibly something that we've been going through recently. It might be the area of God's mercy, might be the area of patience, and sometimes we'll come across a song and it will remind us of how God has treated us and in return that's how we need to respond to others. Anything that individuals in this world have learned that is worth copying, that is worth acting like and passing on, we have gotten from God and from God's word. And it's beautiful when we're able to worship and oftentimes those songs seem to key in on that wonderful grace of Jesus and the salvation that we enjoy. There should be something special to you when we sing about salvation or have you can hear people sing about salvation. That should be something that is um, very deep within you if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'd like for us to stop and pray one more time before we look into God's Word. Gracious Father, we do come to you now with this request that you would give wisdom. Let those who have ears hear in a way that you would want them to hear. Let those who know you as their King and their God receive this message as ones that would try to walk closer to you in this world because of our time in your word. Would those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, would they hear the gospel as we preach the word of God today? Might they respond how beautiful it would be if today was the day when one who you've been coming after and doing work in their life, and they can see all of that to bring them to this point where they would accept Christ. We would ask that very clearly the Holy Spirit would be involved in our service as our teacher, that you would help me not to get in the way, but hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior and King. And I pray these things in his name, amen. There are times when we are out and about that can give stress. You might be coming to a certain situation in your life and as you approach it, you can almost see the stress coming. Maybe your shoulders will tighten up. Maybe you'll just realize you made a bad decision. One of the smaller areas that causes stress in my life, and I know that's what you want to know about, right? What stresses me out is when I'm at the grocery store and I'm always looking for the shortest line. Most of us guys are there to get through, right? Get her done, get through, and let's move on. And sometimes I'll find a short line, and I'm pretty confident about it. And then sometimes, every once in a while, an individual will pull out this little, this little packet, and they will start to shell out coupon after coupon after coupon. And I see that, and I go, oh, I chose the wrong line. And I'm not lamenting the fact that they're saving some money. I just want to get out of there. I just want to go. But when I have a coupon, when I have a coupon, that gets me excited. I was taken back a little bit by a mailer not too long ago because I get coupons in the mail all the time. And 99% of the coupons go where? They go right in the trash. They must work in some way. I mean, they're still mailing them, so apparently they know what they're doing. But I received a mailer that came to my home, and I opened it up, and I said, hey, that's exactly what I buy every week, and I got a coupon for it. And I looked next to it, and there was a coupon for, for milk. I buy milk every week. And then there was another one for the, the frozen pizza that we like in our house. And, the, and even another, I was taken back. Every coupon there was something that I purchased. 
I will share with you that I have gone in and just as a little pick-me-up to myself, I have only purchased some items that were those coupon items. I needed some other things, but I didn't get them because I wanted to just use coupons for my purchase. Some of us enjoy getting the opportunity to save some money when we can with coupons. I'm gonna come back at the end of the message today and I'm gonna tell you about the best coupon I ever found and was able to use. I hope it will help us um, to make a connection to God's word today. Before we turn to our text and jump in, I want to give you a little bit of background of what we're gonna be talking about. Because what we're gonna talk about today involves a project that took 1,500 years. This project involved doctors and tent makers. It involved kings and fishermen. It involved shepherds and it involved priests. I'm talking, of course, about the revelation to mankind from God. We call this the Bible. There's one interesting fact about the Bible that, that um, many have been encouraged with, and it's the fact that when the Bible was recorded, specifically the New Testament, so the Old Testament was recorded in, in Hebrew, and the New Testament we find that recorded in the language of Greek and a little bit of Aramaic, mostly Greek though. And when we look at the New Testament, we understand that they had an option when it came to the language. They actually had a Greek language that was a little bit for the, for the upper class, if you will. And if you were putting together a book that was going to last for all time, wouldn't you consider this maybe? Wouldn't you say, you know, we've got this Greek language that's for the, you know, the elites. Let's use that one. And yet God did not use that one. When God had the Bible recorded, he used what's called Koine Greek, which is the language of everyday people the folks who couldn't read, the folks who were the, you know, the, the grunt workers of life. And God had the Bible recorded in that language. Now, why is that, do you think? Why would God have his word recorded in a way that was not with the elite, but the everyday language? It's so anyone could pick up God's word and understand it. God wanted his language to be written in the common day for man. He wanted everyone to have this wonderful gift from him. Now, the world that we live in has many, many areas that they will use as their compass. What is going to write them as they're walking in this world? There are some that would swear by rationalism. That's what we have to put above everything else. Is it rational? And that's what will guide us in our lives. There are some that would argue vehemently for science. Science is the answer. This is what we need to hold up there as what guides us for what is moral and what is not moral. Maybe when I said that, you thought of humanism. Humanism has been dominant in our day. And I have yet to discover a source of information that has more practical advice, that has so much beauty in the writing, and that has stood the test of time. I have yet to discover a source that comes anywhere close to comparing to the Word of God that he spent 1,500 years putting together. 
All right, all that to bring us to our text. If you're not already there, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible with you, um, you can get one from the pew rack in front of you. Ephesians chapter 6. What a person, what a child of God does with the Bible is going to be a huge reveal as to what their relationship is to God. Let me say that again because it's a little bit heavy. What a person does with the Bible reveals what his or her relationship is like with God. I want to read verses 10 and 11 to give a setting, and then we'll jump down to 17. The Bible says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Skip down to verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That is our piece of armor that we are talking about today. It is the offensive weapon of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Bible. If you've been around for this series, you know we've gone through this spiritual armor that God has given. Every piece up until now has been defensive. And the only offensive weapon that we have is the sword. And the sword's a little bit duplicitous though, right? Have you seen a sword fight? Is it only offensive or sometimes is it used as defense? Absolutely. It will accept those blows that are coming at you from an opponent's sword. So it can be defensive and it can be offensive as well. It is both of those. And the validity of the Bible has been exhibited in every generation. Transformed lives are its own apologetic. A life that has been changed to where coworkers will see that one and say there's something different about him. To where family members will observe the change the Bible has made. The power of God's word to transform lives is one of the best apologetics. It's incredible. And we must use it. And in order for us to use this sword, we have to know how. We have to know how to best use it. And I had an illustration from the Bible come right to my mind. It was a story that most of us are familiar with. It's the story of David and Goliath. Let me ask this question. It's almost a trick question, so don't jump too quick. In the story of David and Goliath, to the best of your recollection, is there any time in that story where David is apprehensive? Don't answer too quick. As I read it, in, I think, 1 Samuel 17, there is a time, I think, where David is apprehensive. Because he comes in and he hears this loudmouth giant Philistine putting down God's people, putting down their God. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he jumps up and he wants to fight him and he goes before the king. And then you can fast forward to the victory. But there's a time of apprehension that comes to David. When he <clears throat> goes to the king and King Saul says, yes, you may fight him. And then what happens at that point? They bring out the king's armor and they load it on this shepherd boy. And they bring the king's sword and they give it to him and he's probably going to take two hands just to get it up. And if you're able to hear the tone in his voice in the white lines in between on the pages of the Bible, 
you will hear him say, I have not tested this. If he has to go out, he's going to obey the king, but if he has to go out and fight for his life using armor that he has not used, he's going to lose. And brothers and sisters, the exact same thing applies to you. If you try to walk out there, go grab me a verse real quick to help me out, that is not how God set this up. We are in a battle. And the devil does not forecast the temptation that's going to come the next day so you can quickly get a verse in hand. You need to be practicing your use of God's word. Nothing, and no, if you're taking notes, this is number one. I've got two points for today. Number one, nothing will bring greater success to your everyday life than a knowledge and application of the Bible. I'll say that again. Nothing will bring greater success to your, and here's the key, it's the difference, to your everyday life than a knowledge of and application of the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Luke 11:28 says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. How does someone come to this area where they are familiar with the Bible, where they are comfortable with the Bible? Well, first of all, this is a sub-point under number one, A, you need to make it a priority. You need to make this a priority. When we think of something being a priority, what that means is, is you're going to be approaching a day that's busier than another. Do some of you have days that are busier than others? I mean, maybe you're looking at a certain day this coming week, and you've got an appointment here. Maybe you've got a project due here. You've got this going on, and that's on top of a busy day. It needs to be to the point where you will say something along these lines. I have so much that is packed into this day that I cannot afford to not spend time in God's word today. Understand the everyday aspect of this. Because as we are taking in God's word, as we are preparing ourselves for that busy day, you need to have a mentality. I've got so much going on that if I try to step out into this without this tool that my God has given me, I'm going to be vulnerable. Do you want to be vulnerable on those busy days? When you've got so much crammed in, so many opportunities for you to whatever your weakness might be. Lose your temper. Quit. Get upset with someone. Get lazy. Get discouraged. When we are not taking time to make this a priority, we are opening ourselves up to attacks from the devil. So first of all, we need to make it a priority. After that, we need to use different tools to be saturated with the Bible. And I cannot overemphasize this enough. And by the way, the day that we live in, some of you wished you lived in a generation long ago, and I get some of the benefits of that. But in the day that we live in, when it comes to Bible saturation, and that's my term, Bible saturation, in the day that we live in, there are so many tools. Of course we can read God's Word, and you need to be laying your eyes on God's Word. That is very, very important. 
You should be familiar sometimes, even if you can't remember the, the chapter and the verse, but you can look in your head and you know it's on the right-hand page and it's halfway down in the left paragraph. Have anybody ever done that before? I don't remember where the, what the verse is, but it's right here in this location. You need to be reading God's Word. But in order to get saturated, we have so many tools that are available to us. First of all, you need to read it systematically, You'd be going through all of the Bible, but then also you can listen to God's word. Now, I will share with you that I learn a whole lot more by listening than by reading, and that might be my shame, I guess, but I spend a lot of time listening. There are tools. This morning, I went and pressed the little button on my, on my device that is uh, press this button to listen, and I listened through all of Psalm 119. Now, thinking of what our topic is today, can anybody guess why I chose Psalm 119? Psalm 119 just talks again and again and again and again about God's Word. I will meditate on thy laws. I will keep thy commandments again and again. 176 verses in Psalm 119. And I was able to listen through that as I was finishing up a walk just this morning. Bible saturation is extremely important for us. You need to read God's word. You can listen to God's word. You can put God's word on the wall of your home. Let me ask this question. How many of you have God's word somewhere displayed in the wall, somewhere in your home? Would you raise your hand? Anyone want to picture anything else? All right, okay, put your hands down. Bible saturation. We have a little box that has Bible promises in it, Bible verses. And it's common to walk by there and pick up that lid and just get that promise for the day. Bible saturation. I was in the store just a few weeks ago with my family and I saw a a verse, a Bible verse, printed right on a T-shirt. And it didn't have the um, the exact reference, but it was great that it was right there. Online teaching. Now, I know some of you would be surprised to find out there are some great Bible teachers that are out there besides those that you hear at Calvary Bible Church, but that is the truth. There are great Bible teachers out there. I got in the car this past week, and I said, oh, man, my favorite is on. It was on at 2 o'clock on WMPC. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but some of you already know. You need to listen to Bible teaching and Bible preaching. Our radio station plays the best Bible teaching in the world. It really does. And with the day that we live in, you can punch in any sermon. I've got a friend in Wisconsin that listens to my sermon every Tuesday. When he's having a hard time sleeping, he just presses play and it puts him right. I'm joking. I'm joking. He does it when he's um, having his morning uh, time. You have so many options available to you. Bible saturation. And then um, third, trust that it is worth it. And I'm going to come back to this at the end. Trust that it is worth it. And here's, here's the danger here. It, well, let me ask the question. Shake your head yes or no. Is it commanded that we should read the Bible? Shake your head yes or no. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. There is a danger that comes when we are continuing through our journey with God and we are only reading the Bible because we have to. I'm not telling you it's not commanded. It is. I'm not telling that you're not being disobedient if you're not studying the Bible because you are being disobedient. But there is a major danger that comes for us if we continue through our walk with Jesus Christ and the only reason we're taking in God's word is because we have to. 
You need to trust that God, God did not give us this command just for some kind of a spiritual exercise. I'm toughening you up for the run. That's not why he gave it to us. God is no liar. Go through Psalm 119 and see how many times you will see the result of taking in God's word, of obeying God's word. Trust that God has not given us this for no reason. He's given it to us for a very good reason so that we can have success in our everyday life. Some Christians are surprised when it seems like the devil is beating them again and again and again, and they've never developed a habit of spending time in God's word. Do not be surprised by that. God told us right here in Ephesians chapter six, this is the tool he has given us. And you cannot get one of your other pieces of the spiritual armor good enough to where you don't need the sword of the spirit. There's a danger in that. Oftentimes, I will leave my windows down uh, when I come here to the church, and I usually check the weather forecast every day. Now, if I see that the weather forecast has a 0% chance of rain, I will leave my windows down. I don't want it to be too hot when I get in my car. How many of you, if it said there's a 40% chance of rain and you're about to leave your car for several hours, how many of you would say, you know what? There's a 60% chance that it's not going to rain today. I think I'll leave these babies down. I think I'm good to go. No. Even if you had a better than 50% chance that it wasn't going to rain, you wouldn't risk that. And yet how many of us choose to go throughout our day, maybe a busy day, maybe a regular day, and not use this tool that God has given. The consistent and disciplined exposure to God's word needs to be our compass. Not be one influencer, it needs to be our guide. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That includes the Old Testament. Whatever was written in former days, written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Number two, and if you're taking notes, it's very similar to the first one. There's just uh, three or four words different. Nothing will bring greater success in the surprises of life than knowledge and application of the Bible. Nothing will bring us greater success in the surprises of life than knowledge and application of the Bible. Many people are familiar with the phrase, um, if you back an animal into a corner, he got backed into a corner. They were backed into a corner in that situation. What does that mean usually? It means someone was in a bad spot and they got backed into a corner and maybe they're a pretty, maybe an animal's a pretty tame animal most of the time. But when they feel like there's no other way out, they will attack Something will come out of them that you might not have expected. This is what happens when the surprises of life come. When you are pulled out of your comfort zone, I was thinking about this this morning. I was going to say nobody likes to be out of their comfort zone, but I'm not sure if that's completely true. But most of us go through our life building a comfort level, right? I like this at this time. I want to do this here. This is how I go about this. 
We have a comfort level. And when we get pulled out of that, we just, we tense up. That's not how I thought it was going to go. We get surprised with something. And when those times happen, it's going to be extremely important that you are having consistent exposure to the Word of God. Bible knowledge and application will help you in the everyday and it will help you in the surprises of life. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And I'm not, you, I'll take some feedback later on. Do, do you think people, are there some people that like to be out of their comfort zone? I don't. I go to the grocery store and it says, we've remodeled our grocery store. Oh, have you been through that? I just want a pack of Oreos is all I want and they just changed everything around. I can't find anything. I got to go and find a person with a vest on and ask them where to get my item. We develop a comfort zone. But I can guarantee there will be times when you get pulled out. I promise. And this is why it's so important that we have an ability to use the sword of the Spirit. All right, as we close, what can you do? What can you do? Well, first of all, I already said it, saturation of the Bible. There needs to be a saturation of the Bible. Now, let me give a little aside here. If you're a beginner, you need to start as a beginner would start. No one decides, tomorrow I think I'm going to run 26.2 miles. I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow if they've never ran before. Nobody does that. You prepare for it. You build up to it. So if you're a beginner, you need to start by reading God's Word. Take a, a chunk of time. Maybe listen to God's Word. Maybe you've got a, a drive and you can listen to the Bible while you're driving or maybe you've got a time in the morning when you have some coffee and you can listen to it. Start small. A beginner needs to know where to start, but do not miss this. Do not miss this. Don't stay at the beginner level. If you're a beginner, start as a beginner. Don't stay at the beginner level. Saturate yourself with the Word of God. Do some kind of a study, a topical study. Maybe you'll have a coworker ask you a question. And nothing will drive me to study more than when somebody asks me a question that challenges my faith that I don't know the answer to. There are so many great resources that are out there. Make, do a topical study. Make this part of your saturation. Get involved in a Bible study of some sort. Maybe with um, uh, another person or another couple or maybe um, something that's offered here by the church. But something with accountability, to the point where they'll say, well, so-and-so's not been here. Let's call them and see where they're at. So number one, what can you do? Saturation of the Bible. Number two, trust it to give you the very best everyday life. I, I know the temptation to just withdraw, to be a hermit, you know, I know that. Now, some folks are social creatures, so you need that connection. But I know the idea of being able to control everything is attractive to some people. I'll just... Be by myself. But God has put most all of us into a place where we have relationships. And in your everyday life, you need to have a, God's word as a part of your life for your relationships. You need to have a, a part of your life for your calendar. 
Some of you need to add some spiritual exercises to your calendar. No, I'm not telling you to add things to your calendar. Some of you need to replace it. Most of us are far too busy with our calendar. And you filled it with so many things. You couldn't possibly fit one more. Don't cut out God's word. Cut out something else that's not going to be near as important and nothing is as important as God's word. You're gonna need it in help for your finances. You're gonna need it with help in your character building. Trust it to give you the best everyday life. And then finally, trust it to give you the best responses when you're out of your comfort zone. When you're out of your comfort zone, something's going to spill out of you. So you'll get bumped. Something is going to spill out of you at that point. What's going to spill out? Is it your weaknesses? Is it that, that shameful sin that is there and that's what comes out when you get backed into a corner? If you are taking wonderful, disciplined time to take in God's word, when you get bumped, Lord willing, something that is of the fruits of the Spirit will come out of you. Now, some people might see that as weakness. They might see it as odd. Do you think the world thinks that Christians are odd when they practice the Bible? Oh boy, yes. And when we get bumped, something will come out. All right, I told you I was gonna tell you one last story about coupons. The best coupons that I've ever experienced. And I give God completely the credit for this. As I... um, got that mailer with those coupons, I was thrilled that it was all coupons that I was going to use. And when I think of coupons and think of using them, I had a day one time when I had to get my hair cut. And I go to a specific place to get my hair cut. And also my son was going to get his hair cut that very same day. And it's usually on a Monday and I was out walking around town. And as I'm going downtown and I'm coming down Main Street, I see some of you driving around sometimes. I was going down Main Street and I was jogging right by the railroad tracks and I looked down and I found, I saw a coupon. It said five bucks off a haircut. Now, my place that cuts my hair will only honor coupons that are $3. I looked down at it. First thing I looked for was what? Expiration date, right? It wasn't expired. Second thing I looked at was where it was for. It was for my haircutting place. It's like finding a $5 bill out there on the road. That's pretty good. This is a copy of it. Does anybody know why it's a copy and not the real thing? because I used it you got that right so I found that coupon and I used it that's great that's amazing I'm going along up Main Street I turn right and I'm going down there and I look down and guess what I see five dollar coupon for a haircut at my haircutting place better than finding a dollar or five dollars it's equal to finding ten dollars but it's like finding ten dollars right there on the road I picked it up checked the expiration date it was perfect we used both these coupons that day, and I'm $10 richer for it. <laughs> now, let me challenge you with this. God has available to you, my word, some coupons. He has these that he wants to give you. They are available. They are things that you can use not just once a day, but every day, and they will not expire. And the way that you take these in is not by walking around town with your head planted on the ground. The way that you get these blessings of God is by opening God's word. Do you trust that it's not a vain command that he has given us of why we should read this every day? Is it genuine? Will it make a difference if I take it in? 
And I want to suggest to you that in your everyday life, and for some of us, that's the biggest struggle, right? It's getting up one day or every day. And for others of us, it's when the surprise comes. We get pulled out of our comfort zone. This is the word of God. Do not take it for granted. Do not neglect it. Understand that this is the piece of offensive armor that God has given us because you're going to be attacked. You're going to need it. And praise the Lord that he did not leave us in a place where we have to wonder or use rationalism or use our best judgment necessarily. I have seen represented any scenario, any any kind of scenario that a Christian will face is represented by something in this book, a narrative or a teaching. You will find it. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing new under the sun and we will always have God's word. Do not wait before we start eternity in heaven before you discipline yourself to taking it in. Begin even today. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we do thank you Thank you that as we come to this place, we do not have to come up with um, our own stories, our own thoughts, our own ideas of what is right and what is wrong. You have told us clearly. You told your people when you established when you established the Hebrews and they were in this world, you gave them laws to follow. You gave them your word. You gave them the songbook. And God, you've given us the perfect word of God and we praise you for that. And not only would we praise you, but we would dig in to do the hard stuff. And that is being consistent and disciplined. Trusting that you not only will honor that, but we will see good things coming as we do it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm going to ask Anna to play through a stanza on the piano. I did not go over the gospel in detail today that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And if you will ask him for forgiveness... He will forgive you and make you his child. But if you've never done that, you can do that even in this moment while the music plays. You are a sinner and God gave his son for your sins. You can ask him to make you his child today. Maybe you've been touched by something else today. It's really one topic we've been on, the word of God. Take a moment to pray.